0: Hey y'all, we made it through the weekend. I don't know how we did it, but we did it. We got here. We're here. I don't even know where to start. I I don't know where to start. It's been so much going on across the country. Right here in Connecticut, there's so much happening. Um, you know, we'll just like we're talking about New Haven for right now because there's so much to unpack. And right now, what's happening in New Haven, in Hamden? and in Bridgeport, as far as the upcoming elections for mayor, is very, very interesting. There's so many different moving parts. And, hey, back again, the one, the only, the fabulous, Mr. Manny Camacho. Manny, I was just starting off the show, you know, by you know just sharing my utter headache and confusion by all that's happening. Before we proceed, I just want to thank everyone who signed in, join up, subscribe, share, like, and all that. Your solidarity is greatly, greatly appreciated. Manny, 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 I, I have a headache. I don't even know if I want to open a newspaper. I don't know what to think about these elections, man. Um, you want to start us off? with your general thoughts? Um, I share the same
1: thing. <laughs> <laughs> I have a headache too. Uh, um, uh, but more so just confused i i am <laughs> i don't think there's been an election actually hold on wait let me let me not lie on myself now uh <laughs> not lie on myself i think the last time i was this confused in an election um uh, was a 2016 presidential one think i think a lot of people were confused in on that one too uh <laughs> but besides that a uh, local election. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying not to unmute myself because I'm cracking up over here. I am as dazed and confused. And Manny and I are not the same age, so this confusion transcends ages, literally. Yes. Because there's so much to unpack. Like I, I started off speaking in tongues because I don't know where to start. I feel like we have people saying all the white things, all the white times. They're showing up but we still have the same old, same old, Mm -hmm. right? We still have the same old, same old. And it seems like we're committed to repeating history, right? Like I said, start us off, Manny, come on. Let let them know how the youth feel. Jesus Christ.
1: (laughs) Yeah, so, you know, like I said, I'm confused. Um, And I'm confused on so many levels and for so many different reasons. Um I mean one, I think our last uh last time I was on, uh I think we were talking about the Republican nomination with um Tom Goldenberg, right? And um I'm still confused about that, you know, and that was <laughs> last week. Um but I'm still confused. Oh, we're
2: gonna we're gonna talk about that one. That <laughs> one deserves that deserves its own attention because that's just special in a whole different way, but
1: Continue. <laughs> so I'm confused on how a Democrat receives a Republican nomination. One, I'm confused how um, an incumbent candidate is pretty much, I mean, in my personal opinion, already in a landslide victory and has done slim to no campaigning whatsoever.
2: I'm confused. Whoa, 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 whoa! See, you know what your problem is. I'm gonna tell you what your problem is. There's one of those confusions you should not—you really, technically, theoretically—should not be confused by. And I think I think you should know which one. When you have the Yale machine up your hoo-ha, right? And you are white. Money wins wars, is what I heard. Money wins wars. Okay, now I started off by saying, you know, in general, it's concerning to me. So let's start at the top because the DTC just endorsed Garrett Gannam and Elliker, And I don't think it's a good idea for me to really check my blood pressure when saying these things because I don't get it. Right? Because talk about Removing the voice of the people—that's how I feel about that. Starting with that, how do you feel about the DTC doing that, man? Um, hmm.
1: You know, I—I've uh, always been curious about the DTC. I- I'll be honest. Um, I'm curious as to and their perspective, right? How they see things. What exactly? makes a candidate worth endorsing right because to me it's never been clear um i have seen a lot of candidates that you know the dtc has helped and endorsed and provide a platform for and you know done everything they can to uh help the the candidate make it to the to you know the office and I always try to sit there and analyze and go over and see, you know, find any similarities between the candidates, uh, in, you know, in question and see, well, okay, what, obviously what, like, if there are any qualifications, then what qualification I look for? If there's any personality traits, characteristics, Right, I'm just I'm trying to find any type of anything to better know uh what exactly the DTC has in their mind.
2: Listen, right? in their mind, in their <laughs> alcohol, in their food, like it's what something. I don't understand. How did you go from marching next to us saying, We need a rent cap, we need this, but you know what it is, Manny? You know what you know what it is? If Lauren Garrett could claim to care about police brutality long enough for her shadow to believe her and still win an election, who can't? I just think it's so interesting. The three of them, Elliker, Garrett, and, you know, Ganem. they all three, they have a lot going on with them. One has to wonder if part of the problem that we're not seeing people opposing them, because what I'm hearing from the ground is How come nobody's opposing these people? But then also in saying that, that's going to be one hell of a mess to clean up. What do you think about that? In those three towns, Bridgeport, Hamden, and New Haven, do you think it's possible that people are not running for those offices because it's, well, the mayor, and then you have to fight with your town council? There's a lot of bureaucracy in trying to clean things up. What do you think about that, Manny?
1: Well, exactly. Literally, the, the last thing you said, right, that there's a lot of bureaucracy and trying to fix problems and address different issues, right? And, I mean, let's, let's face it. Any any person in their right mind wants to stay away from this as far as possible, right? Anyone who actually loves life, <laughs> So to speak, they don't want to be in that mess. You know, they don't want to have to deal with all the bureaucracy. They don't want to have to deal with, let's be honest now, because we all know what happens, those closed door deals that happen, you know, between different entities. They don't want to be involved in that either, right? So, yeah, when it comes to, you know, people who look like me and you, right, which, and this is, Going back on a point I made in our uh, previous uh, podcast episode, people like me and you, people who look like us, people in the inner city minority communities, are already uh, have have a mistrust when it comes to politics and politicians, right? So you put that.
2: I mean, on- Manny, you act like <laughs> I mean, you know what your problem is? You forget that, <laughs> dude. That guy, Christopher (laughs) Columbus, he kind of, I don't know, made us kind of hate democracy. I mean, this is an inherent problem within the black and brown community, our resistance to that. And I just think it's interesting. Here come these three people, because Bridgeport, New Haven, and Hamden, that's the triad of Connecticut. That's the three big ones. The DTC just endorsed these three people, and they expect everybody to be happy about it. But we're not. How do you think this is gonna affect the voting
0: turnouts? It affects it a lot. It it it
2: always does.
1: You know, and, and again that's why uh we see that the black and brown community unfortunately, and I've seen the statistics myself, you know, always participating in the elections. Unfortunately, this there's a low turnout. And and if there is a turnout It's usually uh, uh, the older Wait a minute,
2: wait a minute, wait a minute, pause right there. Define low turnout as you see it. Okay. I have a reason for asking that.
1: Low turnout. Um, So I mean low turnout in in probably two or three different ways. One, I I mean low turnout by black and brown uh, younger people. I don't mean 18, 19, those are young people. But I even mean from 21 till, I would go as far as say, I've seen up until like 45, really. That group, that age range, um, more specifically 21 till, till about 35, right? Oh, there's, that, that is a low turnout. Of having those people actually casting votes. Also, also, low turnout of them even being registered to vote. I I was I remember the first year of me being involved in elections, I was genuinely surprised about how many people in our inner city communities between those ages were not even registered to vote and had no interest. That's a bigger thing had no interest in even getting registered to vote because they didn't want to vote.
2: That's crazy. That's crazy. Now, let me read this real quick. Let me make sure I pull it up and everything. I want to read this for your consideration here because the truth is we've said it. You and I have talked about this. We we mentioned this strategically because we do want you to vote. However, however, let me tell you what our brother, the late, great Malcolm X said. The political philosophy of black nationalism means that the black man should control the politics and the politicians in his own community, no more. The black man in the black community has to be re-educated into the science of politics so he will know what politics is supposed to bring bring to him in return. Don't be thrown out any ballots. A ballot is like a bullet. You don't throw out your ballots until you see a target. And if that target is not within your reach, keep your ballot in your pocket. I dare say part of what's happening here is that people are not voting. I feel like we have a lot of voters who are not voting, right? Because they're keeping it in their pocket. Why? Because we're tired. We're telling you what we need. We're telling you what your demands are, but you keep doing the white things in the white areas. What do you have to say to that part there, man? What do you have to say? What's your thoughts on that as a younger person in this?
0: Yeah. You know,
1: and again, you know, I've, I've actually held, you know, voter registration events. Right. Um, and, you know, having the conversation with a lot of our, our residents, um, you know, ask them, why aren't you registered? And, and not in a condemning way, right? Never in a condemning way, but in a genuine uh curiosity, right? A sincere curiosity. Um, you know, why aren't you registered? Why aren't you interested in voting? You know, what the... And I, I always ask this question to them. Well, what does a vote mean to you? Right? And so having these different conversations, um, you're right. A lot The general consensus is that one, they feel like no matter who they vote for or what they vote for, nothing's going to change. Two, they feel as though, um, you know, again, that mistrust of politicians is that everything they say sounds good and a lot of the residents believe in those promises because those are promises that they want to be fulfilled. They go, they cast their vote, and, you know, and then end up regretting it. So, you know, give or take a few cycles of that. I mean, who's not going to be, you know, uh, disheartened and, and, and start to avoid voting, right? Because all you've known is every election year you vote for promises that you want to see fulfilled. And then it never happens. And so, you know, why keep voting, right? I've heard that so many times.
2: Right. So you're right, facts.
1: you know, you're, you're definitely right that people, you know, um, one, they don't feel as their vote really counts towards anything. Two, they don't feel as their vote will have any effect on the actual problems that are affecting them. Um, and three, uh, politics they don't they they don't want to get involved they don't want to cast their vote because they know that politics is messy and they know in their heads nothing's ever going to get done
2: man i tell you this this here infuriates me you know it you know this is a nation that went from having to fight for their place at a diner counter there was a time when white people were afraid to be racist. The problem I see here is the racism is so normalized in the Northeast, even at the ballot box. Now, in saying that, the Republicans know this. This is the problem, the, the, the problem I see here. In the Democratic Party itself, there's so much infighting and the fight for power. We are not well represented. Uh, we are not well supported. There's a lot of gatekeeping and hidden parts to even running for office. You have to meet the financial requirement. As Paul is saying in the chat, you know, in order for there to be real change, you really have to run a ticket where you're going to wipe it all out. Now, going back to Elliker, when he ran for office, that's what he did, right? He ran for office and he made sure that he had who he needed to have. In order to, um, you know, to replace who he needed to replace, I have it from sources that, you know, he knew he was quite aware about what was going to happen at Phony Harp's apartments, the Harp, you know, the Harp dynasty there, that whole thing. See, this is what I'm seeing in New Haven. Elker was campaigning, but he was doing it a different way. That whole press conference he had. When Denise Fair stole what she stole. Now, I'm not saying that what she did was right. I didn't say that. I didn't say she had to go do all of that. But he has been relentless, Elliker, in calling out anyone and everyone associated with Tony Hart. Now, that's that piece. So in my mind, indirectly, he's been campaigning. On the other side of that, here comes Lauren Garrett, the little white girl. Who never had, you know, to even stress a broken fingernail, and now she uses the Black Lives Matter movement to run her ticket. She also came prepared with her people that would replace who they needed to replace. That's what they do, right? Ganem, I don't even know what to start with Ganem with. Like I, I, I don't even know where to start. I mean, I mean, come on. I, I all I could say is Bill Cosby, R. Kelly. Not defending what you did, but you might want to figure out where he got his legal backing from. Because this is a prime example of having money and what it could do for you. And especially the right skin tone. Because on the flip side, we have black leaders in all three cities that could do this work, that could lead these cities, that could clean up this mess, but we're not putting them in office. Why do you think that is, Manny?
1: Right. I mean, and this is this is something that I've 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 explored. Right. Why? Why is it even in our own communities? Right. The black and brown community. There's a reluctance. I, I say this. There's a there's a reluctance to have people who look like me and you in actual positions of authority and power. And and it it absolutely astounds me. I've I right. I, I kid you not right. that I've had a conversation, right, with an individual, right, who looks like me and you in the New Haven community. And I asked them You know, we were talking about you know, Kennedy, we're talking about, you know, who should be in an office and everything. And when I Asked, you know, oh, you know, what about a a person who looks like me and you in office, right? He I
0: kid shocked. You, I he kid shocked. you not.
1: Yes. Not only was he shocked, right? Of course. But he literally sat there and told me a person like me and you could never be in a position of authority and power. Now, wait, wait. I I asked him why, right? I immediately asked him why. So why not? And he sat there and told me that black and brown people could not have the capacity to do the job right. Are you serious? That, that p- p- those positions of power are, see? <laughs> in his words, see, those are white people positions.
2: And that's the slave mentality. Exactly. That's the slave mentality Because why do we feel like We need them to lead us We let ourselves out of slavery Like why do you feel like You need them We don't need them They need us And they know this They know this This is why they come and they dangle the carrot This is why they come and they say Oh work with me And I'll do this and this This is why you have to do things the way they say it when they say it and how they say it because they know they know this when are we going to wake up now people manny is a young soldier in the fight i hope you all are hearing what he's saying here he does not sound like he's happy with what he's seeing and experiencing and who could blame him Who could blame him? I I mean, do you all stop to think about what these young people are thinking when we make these decisions? When we sit there and we complain about rent control and we complain about being beat up by police, but we're not about it unless the white people lead it. That, to me, is the bottom line, because I don't understand how in 2023, when all these people march for black lives and say that they care about the immigrants, why aren't we supporting those candidates into office? And why do we feel that we need to get the endorsements from white people so much? Talk to me, Manny. What could we change? What do you think needs to be changed? Or is there anything that needs to be changed?
1: I mean, really what it comes down to, right, it, it, and it's <laughs> something that I've been like, uh, I've been like <laughs> taking an ax, you know, to, to, to the trunk of this, I feel like, thousand-year-old tree, you know, uh, how <laughs> thick the, the trunk is, right? And I've been taking my axe and just hatching away at it. This is unfortunately, and I say unfortunately because, you know, of of the fact that this is, there's no solution I can provide that's going to um, get this resolved overnight, right? I, I say unfortunately because this goes – this, this is gonna take so, long. it's gonna take long. It's gonna take... It's the unfortunate thing, right? Yeah. But what it is, is it's a systemic, uh, uh, thought. It's a systemic conditioning of the black and brown community. Right? Because the black and brown community over across the nation has been systematically conditioned for generations to believe that, like, like I said before, that the zones that we are placed in, the boundaries and the limits that were placed upon us, those are permanent and that's where we should stay. And then anything that falls outside those parameters, anything that falls outside those limitations are there for a reason. Right and that we don't belong in those other zones and those other fields. Right? right? Um and and so one one thing I'll I'll share I'll share with you um is conversations I've had in my high school experience, right? And I you know my thing I always want to do is I always wanna know you know, I, I want to inquire about the, the future of my peers, right? What do they see for themselves? What do they want to be and everything? Um, and I've had conversations with them and I hear what I hear is so, so disheartening and so discouraging. I have gone up to my peers and I said, well, what do you want to be in life? You know, what do you want to do? And they say things like, um, you know, a lot of them say, okay, well, I'm gonna go to sports. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. You wanna go to sports. Okay, well, what's, what's, uh, another career, you know, you wanna go into? And they say, well, um, I guess I could be a construction worker. And I said, "Um, okay. And I asked them, do you like construction? Is that why you use that construction worker? They said, well, no, but that's, that's pretty much all I can do. And so I ask them, and I put this out to them: Why can't you be a doctor? Why can't you be an engineer? Why can't you be an architect? You know what? Why can't you be a lawyer? You know, all, the, the I always I, a surgeon, right? Anesthesiologist. I put these types of things out to them, right? Just to hear what the response is. And they look at me, and I can't tell you how many times I've seen not only just faces the confusion, because cause they kind of look at me like, Manny, do you hear yourself? <laughs> you know, that's a face they, of they course. put
0: on.
1: And of then, course, because look at what you're saying. Yeah, and you I asked them, well, why why is it so, like, why is it so unusual? Why, is it, why are you looking at me like I got three heads, you know? And they say, and this is something I've heard. Again, these are from my peers. These are 16, 17, 18, 15, 14 year olds, right? And they look at me, and they've literally said, I'm not saying all of them, but I'm saying a good majority of them, have literally told me, those are white people jobs. These are 14, 15, 16, 17, 18 year olds. Okay? These are, these are people. Hey, wait a minute,
2: wait a minute. <laughs> Let me tell you something about construction in particular. Don't, people need to realize something. Don't use that term loose. I'm not saying towards you in particular. I'm saying this in general because there's different tiers of construction. Mm-hmm. You see, the real money is the journeymen. Those are the people who get to pick and choose what they work on. When you start off, you start off at the bottom, bottom as a laborer. The right. fact of the matter is construction in itself is actually more white dominated than black dominated. In that, in that way, when you look at it from that lens, you see more black people being on the lower end versus leading the project. Right. You know, stuff like that. Now, that being said, I hear what you tried to do and it's sad because what plagues your generation, your group is COVID. Seriously, like I, I empathize with you all because really you guys got to see what happens When you don't have the education, when you don't have the financial backing, and when you don't have the privilege. And to me, knowing that and seeing that, I'm even more perplexed as to why these nominations and endorsements even happen. I mean, look at Elliker, right? He sat there, the the number of police brutality cases he had to deal with on his watch, all the stuff that came out. You know, from his administration. I didn't even know what to start with Lauren Garrett, right? Because, I mean, all I'm trying to say is with him, with her, with Ganem, publicly their messiness was known. Like, you know, they're not, you know, you know that they have their flaws. I'm not looking for perfection. I'm actually looking for people who actually do what they say they're going to do. And if you're not going to do that, give me a viable solution. All three of them have basically exhibited. The same characteristics handle things the same way, but yet they got the nod from the DTC. Now, I said all of that to come to this point. What will it take? What will it take for people to take the vote out of their pocket? What do you see from your experience? Now, I just want folks to understand, he mentioned, you know, leading these campaign, you know, drives and stuff like that. When I say that and when he says that we don't mean that Manny just showed up and led the march. No. He stood there. He spoke to people. He asked questions. They asked him questions. There was conversation. I just want to make that clear. This wasn't a photo op. This, was, this wasn't just Manny showing up because he was bored. This was him actually doing what he said. And that's what I'm talking about. So take it from there, Manny. What do you think? What's your thoughts?
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, to add to that, I, I <laughs> You know, I had to sit there, you know, and actually against, uh, again, I mean, I know what you're going to say. I know what you're going to say. It's like, it's obvious, man. He shouldn't have been surprised, but yeah, I was surprised (laughs) when I started talking, you know, about uh, creating these registration events, uh, you know, to get people registered and, and people and I have people telling me like. Why are you doing that? You know, why? Why are you trying to change people's minds about, you know, voting? And and I sat there and I was like, oh, "Come again? <laughs> you know, like, hold on, wait, wait, wait. Are you trying really asking me why am I trying to get more people to vote? How about because it's their right? <laughs> How about because it's well, it's that something. <laughs> will
2: only scare someone who's afraid of their power being taken exactly. from them. Exactly. That's it. Somebody who's afraid, and I kind of... I'm leaning on the triad because I feel like that's what this is. There are people who are afraid of the shift in power. They don't want that power to shift. They know right now that there's people who are facing houselessness. There are Mm -hmm. people who are facing job insecurity, food insecurity. The poor people, the working poor people. I don't see either of the three representing them.
1: Exactly, and so... You know, and, and and again, that's that's another reason why I, I I sat there, you know, day after day, late nights, whatever, organizing a way and trying to find a way to get more of my neighbors, because again, it's always called my neighbors, registered to exercise the most powerful thing they have in their arsenal, their vote, right? And sitting there and talking to them. And actually, there's a difference between listening and proactive listening. <laughs> and so, sitting there and proactively listening to their concerns, to why they don't vote, to why should they vote. right? Sitting there having the conversations with them that no one else seems to be having with them. Right. And then.
2: Also- oh, wait, wait, wait. I got to jump in here, Manny. Do you think that they're not having it with them? Or do you feel like maybe they are? Because this is, this is what I see. I see these conversations happening. Um, You know, I was actually present when the current mayor of New Haven claimed, well, he was then the incumbent running for office. And he claimed that he would make New Haven a real sanctuary city. It has been how many years later that is still yet to happen. What I've mm-hmm. also noticed with all three, they're leaning, which I find hilarious, on their response to COVID 19. What response did they have to what? The hell?
1: <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> you're right. Um, yeah, and so, you know, it. There's all, you're right, you brought up a good point is that. They oftentimes they put themselves in these uh, scenarios where they're having, quote unquote, having these conversations with our residents of, you know, why they should vote, one and all that other stuff. And, um, but like I said, and, and that's why I mentioned the difference between listening and proactive listening. Because they just listen. And by that I mean they the words that the residents say go through one ear and comes out the other, you know.
2: But do you do you think that's what happens? Because I also like okay, looking at Hamden and the Stephanie um, Washington and Paul Witherspoon situation. I say that to say, drawing a reference to that case. Look at what Lauren Garrett did. I mean, this woman was the biggest Karen of them all. She's standing there. She's talking about Black Lives Matter. She's wearing the T-shirt. She's claiming to care, just like Elliker claimed to care about the immigrants. Both of them claimed to care. Ganim, Ganim just woke up and said, I'm here, and I care about something. And we know that they don't. And their track record speaks for itself. But yet these people got endorsed by the unions. Right. Wasn't the unions just up in, in Hartford talking about we need rent control? Mm-hmm. weren't they just up there talking about livable wages, so who do we
0: trust
1: exactly and and that goes back that goes back to the conversation we had right about <laughs> why it's going to be why i'm going to find it difficult to run eventually right is because what What am I going to have to do to actually get people to believe that I'm not like the others who have run for office, right? Because, like I said, I mean, I I have a lot of things about me that, you know, are definitely vastly different from the candidates, past and present. Right? I mean, I'm the most blunt, honest, straightforward person <laughs> you can meet, right? And I get in trouble for it more times than I count. Um, but what I think is, is if we're going to have a person in a position of authority, a person in a position of power, in a position, uh, where the person can actually make changes, it needs to be someone like that. It needs to be someone. Who doesn't have to abide by, you know, the the red tape, so to speak, right? And who's not scared of going past the red tape of upsetting, you know, different levels of the bureaucracy, and and who does, is not scared of, you know, well, to me, it seems like a lot of the well, a lot of the candidates are scared to, after they've won office, to actually go in the community. Right, knock on on people's doors and just have regular conversations with them, aside from election year, you know. Like <laughs> it seems like the only time they come out and knock on people's doors is during election year. Uh, but and the and the terms that they're in office, the only times you're going to see them is either you know press conferences or at events. they are not showing up to your door on a on a random Tuesday morning, you know, uh, or unless you know, now, Someone might say, well, yeah, they do. Uh, okay, I'll give you that. They'll show up to your house on a random Tuesday morning if they want something. If they're trying to get your support to sign a petition or something. Sure. Okay, then, yeah, they'll show up to your house on a random Tuesday morning. But are they showing up just to have a regular conversation with you? Just to get to know you? Just to see, you know, what you personally, what you specifically
2: believe But you know, Manny, I hate to be the one to tell you this. You kind of, see, let me just make this clear, folks. I don't think he will have the problem he thinks he's going to have. Because in terms of reach, Manny, your your reach is different. As I shared earlier with you, you're unique in your thought processes and your approach. I don't see or think That you will encounter this problem if you choose. I think this is like a democratic DTC issue. I think that's where it really, really comes down to. Mm -hmm. Right? I think that what needs to really happen, what should have happened, and what should be happening, this is the time to build up a real strong third party. We could do it. You know, it can happen. And I dare say you have the ability to do that. Because again, of the work you've done and continue to do, and I think you would get that type of support. What's probably going to be alarming is when you do decide, or should you decide to do that, is who you find out is really vested to whom and why. Does that make sense? Like that can't be any
1: further from the truth. That is so. That is so true. <laughs> right there. That point. Right there. <laughs> is when the time comes, should it come, right? Who am I going to find out?
2: (laughs) I'm just going to put it out there in the universe. I have a funny feeling you're actually more ahead of the game than you realize. I think that as a younger person going into this, the fact that you're still even considering running for office is amazing to me. Because most, I mean, in my opinion, prior, uh, prior, prior to COVID, Till now, we've seen a shift in terms of our young people. We don't see them as much as we did. It's like COVID came and then all the young people disappeared. I don't know where they went. And it's like they're just now coming back in it, but not the same way. Because pre-COVID, we had young people talking about, um, you know, yes, you should vote. Yes, you should do these things. But we're not seeing that like that anymore. Right. And I think this goes back to what you just said regarding the whole, you know, who who do I believe in? What do I believe? What I'm saying is I think your generation and you have the capacity to actually do what we keep saying that we're not doing, what my generation keeps talking about and we're not doing, which is formulate and lead that third party, an effective one, not a third party that is led by a bunch of white people who woke up with a conscience but more so by people who look like us because the representation matters man it matters it must matter it
0: has to matter and it does matter what's your thoughts on that no you're right you're right you know it's I prior
1: Prior to COVID, you know, there were those conversations being had, you know, led by, you know, the younger uh, demographics saying, you know, they should vote and their needs, you know, uh, the younger demographic should, you know, there was a big push on that, right? Um, and then COVID happened. And it, again, it, it made not just the younger demographic, but pretty much, I mean, I dare say everyone start to question a lot of things if not everything right um because again covid allowed us to sit there and reflect on so much because all we had was time time in our rooms times in our houses right and so all we did was reflect and reflect and question and you know, think about, well, what comes next, right? What happens after quarantine? What happens after the whole world seemed to pause and be on lockdown, right? And then we came out of it, you know, here we are 2021. And I mean, society had to adjust, right? Society had to learn how to Hit play on, on, you know, on, on the pause button, right? And for the younger generation, that was much harder to do because, you know, already as it is before COVID, we were learning and trying to learn how to adapt to society, right? How to adapt to different things. When COVID came and put a pause on all that We then had to learn How to adapt to a society That For the most part looked Totally different than it did before COVID And that was just a year It was a year of duration You know
2: So That's crazy And all of this is happening while y'all are still trying To focus and graduate from school I mean y'all took in a lot Yeah y'all <laughs> took in a lot I'm not gonna lie and I feel like my generation needs to really understand that like you guys had to really endure a lot i'm curious to see where you'll end up because i mean again most of you spent the majority of your high school experience at Mm -hmm. home that's crazy and notice not one of the people i just mentioned have even drew reference to the impact of covid19 you know none of them have spoken to what that has done and continues to do to our community, our young people, our oh, yeah. working for, and our poor people, the black and brown people, the immigrants, the refugees, you're not hearing that, nope. right? Now, let's talk about, let, let's not forget, because, you know, the whole topic of this is what's in your ballot. And right now, what's in my ballot is a bunch of lies, schemes, and whatever else, because there's <laughs> only, I, I don't know, I'm looking at Liam and Wendy Hamilton, to be quite frank, Right. I'm curious to see where Liam Brennan and Wendy Hamilton, I'm paying attention to them, two in particular. Let's talk about your friend, Tom Goldenberg. I'm being real sarcastic with that term, friend. How do you feel about that? Let's go back to the elephant in the room. Um, So, yeah. So a Democrat walks into the Republican Party and says, nominate me.
0: As a younger person who's looking forward to going into office, how does that make you feel? Listen, that
1: takes a person like me who, you know, I like to say I'm pretty versed in politics, the political realm, <laughs> but that takes a person like even me, and I'm like, hold on, wait a second. Did I miss something? Did, that's, is that even a thing, you know, where a Democrat, I mean, and whether it was vice versa, a Democrat, you know, getting... The nomination of the Republican Party, and again, if even if it was vice versa, a Republican never getting have the nomination. I ever. Never,
0: like Dude, what? This
2: could be like that game. Never have I ever. Never have right. I ever. <laughs> I feel like I
1: feel, I feel like if, if New Haven had her own Guinness Book of World Records, Tom would take you know Guinness Book of World Records. Combination of the opposite party. I mean, I'm just, I'm so genuinely confused as to how that happened. But not just how that happened, but the fact that it happened and still we've yet to receive an explanation as to why. <laughs> like there has been no talk about why Tom has received the, nominee, the nomination. And, I, and again, it begs I didn't even to...
2: know, to be quite frank, I didn't even know that was a thing. I did not know. I that never, was a thing. never knew. I never knew that. Like I, exactly. I questioned that. Like I did not know it was viable exactly. <laughs> that you could run in a Democratic <laughs> ticket under the Democratic Party. See, I guess, I guess if he was undeclared, I could see that. Right. i could see it if he was undeclared right. i could see it but what i'm concerned about is that you came out the gate and you said that you're a democrat oh by yeah. the way the republicans just endorsed me now let me ask exactly. you this as someone who has worked and done the voter registration piece of things mm-hmm. i'm about to ask a dangerous question Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> surprise how would you feel <laughs> if you know you're working with tom and then this gets dropped on him. How would you feel? I, I can't imagine. I'm hoping, I'm hoping those involved in his campaign had no idea. I'm hoping so.
1: I'm you and really, me both.
2: really right? <laughs>
1: you, you and me both, because if not, <laughs> I'd have a couple yeah. of questions.
2: <laughs> we have a lot of questions because <laughs> if it were me and I was door knocking for you, now see, when this kind of stuff also happens, people have to realize and I'm glad you spoke about your experience in terms of voter registration and so, mm-hmm. because people have to realize there's a whole bunch of stuff behind that. When you Absolutely. sign up to do the door knocking and the talking mm-hmm. to people and all of that, you're taking time out of your life. You're taking time out of your being yeah. to do this work, and you're representing this new platform.
0: Yeah.
2: Right? You're representing a platform. There's no ifs, ands, and buts about it. Absolutely. Right? No. So, if I were, and I never was, nor did I intend to be, definitely not now, part of that campaign,
0: mm-hmm. and
2: and then I go to the office, and I'm like, oh, yeah, by the way, one of the people in the office said, by the way, um, we just got endorsed by the Republicans. I would leave.
1: <laughs> well, listen, i, I do backflips out of that place.
2: Listen, <laughs> I, I would teleport. I would teleport <laughs> out of there because – The next thing that will come to my mind, this is me talking through what I would, how I would react, is, oh, shit. What, not that I care about what people will say, but I have my resolve against the Republican Party. They have not and are not kind to the immigrant and black community. There's so much that they could do and allow to happen that they refuse to do it because they're stern believers in the separation of wealth. They are. If it were me, and I was in that office, Manny. So you and me, and the other people are in the office. This is the setup. Walk with me here. We're there. Okay. We're supposed to. We're supposed to be getting people to sign on and endorse Tom. Mm-hmm. And then somebody comes and say, "Oh yeah, um, guys, by the way, we just got the the endorsement from the Republican Party." I'm packing up, and I'm like, "That's all right. Cut my last check. I'm out." What you doing? <laughs>
1: um, if it was humanly possible, I think I'd explode. Uh, (laughs) I think I'd literally my body would just explode into a million pieces.
0: (laughs) Yes, yes.
1: Because and the reason I say that is because, I mean, I'd like it. It envision this, envision the you know the little cartoons when the character you know like something crazy happens and then it goes inside the character's brain and you see the gears and the cogs. You know, and they're running and all of a sudden <laughs> all, of a, all of a sudden something jams one of the cogs <laughs> in the gear and it starts smoking. You know, <laughs> yeah, that'd be happening in my brain because I'd be like, hold on, wait, 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 wait a second. Wait a second. We're we're Democrats, right? We're he's he's a we're on the Democratic team, right? I'm just saying
0: how in the world how in the world
1: nomination
2: (laughs) and what makes it weirder it's that this was announced as far as the rest of us know that's the other part because like you said nothing led in this direction to be quite frank if shafiq came out and he said that he was being endorsed by the republicans i would not have been surprised just because of how what he's been promoting what he's been saying in fact i'll take it even further if lauren garrett came out and said that the Republicans endorsed organ organum, I really wouldn't have been surprised. Now, I know the Republicans in Hamden, they can't stand Lauren anymore. So that's not going to happen there. We don't have a big Republican party in New Haven. No. But the five Republicans who are involved somehow found it within themselves to support this dude. And as of today, right now, as we're talking, we have not heard anything no, to counter the legality of this. Right, and and, and just,
1: and again, and, and what I'm looking for is from him, from him, how did this happen? Because one can't help but begin to speculate.
2: That's it right there. It's a speculation.
1: Behind, yeah, but speculate (laughs) that conversations were held behind closed doors. In order to receive this nomination, because there is no way.
2: Absolutely. There is
1: absolutely no way Uh, that just out of nowhere, Tom Goldenberg, who's running on a Democratic ticket, gets a Republican nomination.
2: But wait a minute. You know what your problem is? I'm going to tell you what your problem is. (laughs) You forgot that Donald Trump was once a Democrat. So maybe this is what's happening? (laughs) Is that that what's happening in front of us? Like, Is this this Tom's coming out party? (laughs)
1: <laughs> Again, even with that, we, we'd have, we need to have an explanation because, you know, hello Tom, you're no longer on the Democratic ticket, so you need to update
0: no, that as soon as possible. But
2: that's the dichotomy here because I have not seen it or heard exactly. that he is not on the Democratic ticket. Right. So there's a lot of confusion. So going back to what we've been talking about for this last hour, if people were confused and discouraged about what's in their ballot before, this to me, this, this right here, makes it even harder for people to feel inclined to vote because where and when does it end? Again, right. Lauren Garrett ran her ticket and is continuing to exploit the BLM movement as her footstool. Where does it end? Where does it end? When is enough enough?
1: Yeah, I mean it, it. Genuinely, like I, like I said, <laughs> because in the beginning of this, I'm confused. I, I am. I think we're all confused. Genuinely, I'm confused, and but on Days top of that,
2: I'm confused. Like, we're uh, dazed and confused because y- the yeah. thing about this is it's been concurrent, right? So first we had the gaslighting, the public gaslighting of Ronda, Ronda C, right? Um The Ku Klux Klan. Um, secret reporter, a.k.a. Megan Friedman, decided it was a great idea to blast a black woman, put her name, put her face, put everything, for political reasons. Then we have the whole question of Lauren Garrett's, you know, tenacity when it comes to securing public information, since she seems not to care and has no problem destroying public records. Then we have Justin Elliker acting seemingly aloof, that's the best word I could think of. He was <laughs> aloof, <laughs> just aloof, you know. You know, while everybody else was running around, Shafiq is writing in, in the New Haven Independent, you know, and all this stuff is happening. You know, Tom Goldenberg is writing in the Independent articles of as that only he reads. You know, because clearly he doesn't care what everybody else thinks, right? Because it's always up in the corner where nobody, nobody's looking. I read the digital version. So my sorry, Paul, if you're listening, Paul Bass, you know, um, I love you, man, but I don't ever see this dudes. I don't ever see his op-eds and I don't go looking for him, right? And then, now all of this, my people, is happening in less than three weeks. Then we have Ganem out of nowhere. Ganem name started a call again about all his corruption. All of this is happening at the same time, and all three get endorsed. And you're telling me there's not something wrong here?
1: That's what I'm saying. Is that it's like, oh, geez. And as I said, I've not experienced an election like this since the 2016 one. <laughs> like, I, I've I'm just
2: saying. I'm just saying. With
1: and and I was there. I mean, the first first election I took part in was um the Harp versus Elaker election. And that was the first election I ever took part in. And even oh, you poor then
2: also my condolences. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I took part in that one. And uh, you know, and even with that one being uh, that one was as messy as it was, you know, with the smear ads and the smear campaigns and everything, right? Um that doesn't even come close to this election. I mean, this, this election, you have these three Democratic, uh, candidates, you know, or, well, I'll say, as, as of last week, I'll say two definitely Democratic candidates and one, well, we'll see. <laughs> you know, um and they're just going, I, I mean, I'm, I can't put words to it, right? But, Yeah, in New Haven I've 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 not seen and I've not experienced an election like this one. Uh and it confuses me. It infuriates me. Definitely. Definitely infuriates me. Um and it just it makes me feel bad. Makes me feel bad for our residents. That's really what it does. It really makes you feel bad for our residents. Because while these candidates are here and they're playing the game of politics, right, our residents are here and um, and they, they just suffer. They suffer while these candidates are doing press conferences and making deals and getting nominations and endorsements and everything. While they're all doing that, our residents are suffering. In their
2: faces, in their faces, not in secret. And this is why I keep mentioning people. I keep mentioning, I'm going to, sorry, Manny, I got to jump in there and say it again. Listen to what this young man is saying. He worked on campaigns. He's done the voter registration. He's done the outreach. He's done the work. This is a young Latinx warrior, right, who's been out here, okay? And he's telling you that he's confused. He's saying it. He's saying it. Look at what's going on in the triad. have Hamden, New Haven. It is bad enough. We are not well represented. We're not. I'm sorry. I like my white people who are allies, real allies. But even you all need to get up and stand up and say, enough is fucking enough. Enough is enough. Right? Lauren Garrett thinks it's cute to use the Black Lives Matter movement for her ticket. Right? Listen to what this kid is saying, man. Listen, I hope y'all are listening. Let's not just talk about the problem and brush it under a rug. Let's do something. Won't you say, Manny? What
0: could be done? Uh,
1: (laughs) Jeez. You know, again, I I always say these things every election year, uh, regardless of whatever level the election is happening on. (sighs) To the people. Who are here and in the different cities with elections that are happening. Um, one, always know that the most powerful thing you have uh, that is given to you by your constitutional right as a citizen in this country is your vote. It's so powerful. Um, just just I need people to know that. I know po- politics is messy. I know that politicians lie. <laughs> I know that there's a lot of problems, but your vote is so powerful that's one two research 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 ask questions, have conversations, just research the candidates and and don't cast your vote unless you you 100 percent i don't care if it's 99 percent. don't catch your vote 100 percent if you really think that that candidate is the choice just research as long as you have research on your side
2: can you can i jump in there yeah can you specify because here's the thing man y'all surprise i keep trying to tell this child right (laughs) because See, I say child because if y'all go and look at the picture of the Last Supper, just look at the back to the left. You'll see me. I'm there. <laughs> the point is <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm so old that you know <laughs> no, I'm a firm believer. Fuck it. I'ma laugh at me first. Forget it. I if I if I laugh at me, all of us laughing at me and we're doing it together and we're having a good time. Right? So,
0: Amy said she snorted. Now,
2: say a word that Paul and Amy didn't just go look at the picture of the Last Supper. <laughs> they're they're going to go fact check me. They're gonna be like, wait, what? <laughs> to the back left, back left, back left. <laughs> so, <laughs> this is a young person who's been out there, who's out here. Do you hear what he's saying? I want you to break it all the way down right? All the way down to the money. What do you Mm -hmm. mean by research? Because you see, part of the problem is the narrative. As we pointed out earlier, this narrative that was created about us, but not with us, Yes. right? Nothing about us without us. The problem is, is that when you, when you drop a word like research, you know, we ain't trying to reach
0: it. We we ain't trying to reach
2: it. (laughs) So how could I research my candidates in a way where I could get what I need Now, this is going to go into ranked choice voting, which is a whole other conversation. I don't know if Connecticut's ready for that. Even as much as I want to see it happen, I don't know if people really understand why that is an actual move towards progress. Because to me, that will help alleviate these inequities. Because even though the Democrats claim that they care about diversity, equity, and inclusivity, we don't even have to put that claim on the Republicans because they never told that lie. Give them credit. They don't give a shit about no diversity, <laughs> equity, or inclusivity. They care about the wealth gap. They care about maintaining their wealth. Right now, they're looking at the Federal Reserve. See, Amy just confirmed it. She looked at the picture of the Last Supper. <laughs> she sees me. I told you all to the left, back left. Um, I didn't have my hair purple then, just for clarification. <laughs> so, <laughs> didn't create that back then. You know what I'm saying? Um, so. My point is, is that how would you suggest that a younger person who's disinterested,
0: mm-hmm.
2: you, talk to me? What would you say to that person? Not even just the younger, anyone who's locked yeah. off from yeah. the voting. Talk to me. What would you do?
0: So
1: um, you know, I'm going to advise them to do what I did, right? Because, I mean, I you know, like like I've said and like has been told, you know, I got involved in this very young. Uh, I was about 11 years old. And so, I mean, 11 years old. <laughs> I didn't know what research was. I didn't really, like, go online and read articles and read these things. No, I didn't do any of that. <laughs> right? So, what it was for me, you know, because I'm a, you know, I'm a person who likes to have conversations. I'm like a person that's visuals. And, I mean, that's my research, right? I want firsthand or, you know, sources. I want, I want, Actual conversations with people have had experiences with the candidates, right? That's my research. Because I feel like that research is definitely much more valid and accurate than what you're going to read on some article, right? Research is being able to go uh, to someone, like go to different people. And... Um, and sometimes it, it's about finding out, you know, who the people are. Um, and there's different ways to do that, right? People, and the people in question that I'm talking about are the people who have had experiences with said candidate, who might have been associated with the candidate before they even, you know, ran for office, right? People uh who have come across the candidate, you know, or have worked with them on their projects, right? A lot of times, nine times out of 10, again, this isn't my experience, but this is what I mean by research. When I talk to people who have had experiences have worked on things, who, you know, at some point or time encountered or interacted or shared a period of time with these candidates, right, they will have a lot to tell you, right, a lot to put out there. And... And and I know some people might think that that is, um, you know, oh, they're going to be saying negative things. No, no, no. Sometimes it's negative things. Majority, you know, it, it depends on the candidate, right? Sometimes it's good things. Sometimes it's neutral things. But that's what I mean by getting research. Is you have to get all those different things? You have to get some negative things. You have to get some positive things. There's going to be some neutral things, right? It's never going to be...
2: You're so nice, Manny. I couldn't, I couldn't <laughs> help myself. Y'all, it, let's take a minute. Everybody stare at Manny. Manny, you're so nice. He's such a <laughs> sweetheart. Everybody turn, turn at the same time. Manny, <laughs> you're so nice. Let me tell you all, see how sweet he is? He's really breaking it down. Everything he's saying is true. You could reach out to them. You could try to communicate. You could show up, Manny, even to sometimes yeah. when they have the meet and greet, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Your research is... Number one, best form of research, why I say, is, is or, actual experience.
2: since she's in the chat, I'm going to light her up a little bit out of fun. We could do what Amy does and just go on Facebook and Instagram and look them up.
1: That works, too. <laughs> <laughs> I've done it.
2: I've, no, I've done I've done it. I've done it. Seriously. I, it's, me, too. <laughs> they look at us. Look at them. Seriously. Absolutely. See what they're posting about. See who they're connected to.
0: Absolutely. Find out.
2: Find out. That's a great strategy. Yeah, I do see, See the posts that
1: they're tagged in. See yes. the comments that are under the post. See who yes. they're friends with on Facebook, right? Yes. Look at their profiles. Yes. I've absolutely done that many times. See
2: where they show up. Like just absolutely. And if, if you don't know how to do it, just put the name in Google and see what comes up. Or mm-hmm. if you're on Facebook, if you're on Instagram, if you're on Twitter, yeah. you know, because some of them would use you know background names or. Secret names and what, as much as you could do I mean, don't stress yourself, don't make it Your life either, we don't yeah, want to do that, at, Absolutely not, right, but it's good to Know who they're running with Because it'll give you a general idea Of what they stand for, and one thing right. with Tom, going back to Mr. Tom Goldenberg, that's what makes him interesting Because if you go to his social media It's right there It's actually right there You know, mm-hmm. he has an alliance to himself And those like Himself, that's how I'll put that
0: yeah, see absolutely.
2: I'm see what I mean? So do your research. What else would mm-hmm. you do, Manny, to the person who doesn't? Because, folks, like I said, Malcolm told us if you don't see the target, keep your ballot in your pocket. I get right. that. But there are ways we could draw out the right mm-hmm. candidate as mm-hmm. well, right? We could do that. We could actually get people to run for office who should run for office. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Who should be there and we should have the type of people around who understand that. Now, for the white people who are wondering, what the fuck do I do? Well, what you do is educate and reeducate educate yourself.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: It starts with that. It starts with you saying, all right, I keep I keep hearing about voters rights. Let me let me go on Hulu or video or Comcast. Look up the videos, man. If you don't want to do the reading right that's fine nobody judging you but go do your research i keep telling white people you don't want me to teach you all about white supremacy i'll hurt your feelings you'll end up crying by the end of class you'll be sitting there rocking in a cradle because i would have said things that would have affected your whiteness and you wouldn't know what to do with yourself because i'm telling you as i see it and i don't understand why i'm supposed to butter it up because Nobody told us how to deal with racism. We kind of had to figure it out. It's an ugly history. (laughs) It's an ugly history. I mean, you can't fix it if you don't face it. If you keep running from it, it's going to keep chasing you. And sitting there, like right now, me personally, I'm not very impressed with the Working Families Party. I just said that out loud. Whoops. Because I feel like it was a tool used, again, to mislead. To me, they're like the mini version of the Democrats. That's what I see with that. Right? Again, with the Democrats, you could be stronger if you would address your inner functionality, cultural, misunderstanding, white running, toxic behavior. There's a whole bunch of adjectives for that. The truth is within the democratic party, there is a lot of racism. Racism doesn't just exist in one section. That's what people need to understand. You could be living right next door to a racist. I have had to address black friends for their sentiments on Latinx people. True story. I have been exposed to conversation because what people don't know or see is when I'm sitting there minding my good business, I get the question, oh, how do you deal with them? Well, who's the them? All those Latinos, you know, they want everything. They think everything is theirs. I'm not going to get mad at a bunch of people for getting up and standing up for their rights, man. See, we need to take a page from that book. See what they're doing right now. All of y'all who are upset that the new superintendent of New Haven public schools is like next. You need to go sit down somewhere. That's what we need to be doing. I keep telling you all when black and brown people come together and organize, the government gets very fucking nervous. The white people who want to be and call themselves and acknowledge themselves as allies, which you need to do is give us that space and access really and truly. Really and truly, we need to make people recognize racism again, because it's too normal. It's too normal. It's so friggin' normal that we have our own people saying, well, it has to be a white guy to run it. Because if the white guy doesn't, then who can? That just sounds ridiculous. You just listened to a young Latinx leader who spoke on this for more than five minutes and is emphasizing. Listen to what this young man is saying, y'all. He's saying to you, educate, re-educate yourself, get involved. There's nothing that cannot be done. All right, so you don't want to attend the march? Figure out if you could make the phone call. Figure out if you could do a podcast episode. There's more than one ways to get involved, but we got to get out there. We got to do something. All right, Manny, on your wish list from the mayors, we're going to pretend something. We're going to pretend Manny has three wishes, Right? Now, these three wishes are the three things that you want the mayor of Hamden, the mayor of New Haven, and the mayor of Bridgeport. Three things you'd like them each to focus on. It's the same three things all three of them have to do. Go.
1: You know, I'm not, I'm not even gonna <laughs> try, try to be funny when I say this. I'm not trying to, but it's uh, genuinely what I, I, uh, I wanna say. Uh, all three things stick to your promises. <laughs> actually stick to your promises uh, just come on that's all
2: i want that's all anyone wants stick to your promises didn't i tell y'all oh, he's nice i'm not the nice one fuck that so i'm gonna say it i'm gonna say it he gonna sit there cracking up you don't have to unmute yourself you don't have to mute yourself let them hear you laughing because he's always laughing you know manny think i don't know manny laughs so much when i'm talking sometimes he forgets to unmute himself. He's so busy further. cheesing. <laughs> He's so busy cheesing, you know. Um. So check it. So me, three wishes. All right, boom. Mm. I'm going to need you all to come up with a better plan than hiring more police. We could do better than that. I need you to address crime holistically. All right. I need you to actually put in place systems, solutions, not just systems, solutions, real viable solutions. That's one. hmm Fix the education system. It's bad enough that most of our schools look like prisons. It's bad enough that most of our black and brown kids have to sit next to peers and others with privilege and feel like they're in jail and they don't have that access. Give them their access. These schools don't have to look like a prison. You don't have to set mentally set up our young black and brown people for what they are already stigmatized as being, which is criminal. So I spoke on the crime. I spoke on the education. Cut the shit the fuck out. Connecticut, you have the money. Do something about the houselessness. Stop fucking studying everything. Stop it. I need the three mayors to steward this. I need the three mayors to put in their budget actual viable relief plans so we could actually address the houselessness. We have families families living in tents we have children living in situations you wouldn't wish on your enemy stop stigmatizing the houseless and the housing insecure you're not in their situation people seem to think that all of the people who are houseless are drug addicted criminals that's not true you might be working with someone who looks nice and talks nice and sleeps in a car that's my three Right? I feel like in all three cities, these are three big things that have to be addressed. Now, for the white people who support all three of the candidates, right? I need my white people to get up and really challenge these motherfuckers. Like, challenge them. Alright? Like he's saying, challenge them to do what they campaigned that they said they would do. Justin Ellicker, you claim that you were going to make New Haven a real sanctuary city. It is not. It is not. We only have two churches. Don't fuck with me. Let there be undocumented immigrants on the civilian review board and on the board of Alders. This should not be a question since you claim. I mean, you speak Spanish when it's convenient to you. Whoops. That slipped out of my mouth. Right. Lauren Garrett, you ran your ticket on the Black Lives Matter movement. Do your part and show that you actually gave a fuck about policing for 15 seconds. All right. Ganem. You swear up and down you care about the economy. You claim so, but you steal from it. I don't know. You tend to talk about, you know, out of both sides of your mouth. I'm going to need you to step up and talk about this housing insecurity. They could all three make changes, in my opinion. Those three, crime, education, and housing. There's no way that you won't see things improve. And most of all, I'm going to add an addendum. Nothing about us without us. We need the representation. We have so many talented, educated, smart, driven, black and brown people. Give them the jobs. Give them the damn jobs. You could employ people in these sectors. Dustin Elliker, you could go ahead and start a temporary, you know, relief program, employment relief program, where you hire those who are unable to find jobs to help clean up our streets, literally. You could do that too, Lauren, and you could do that too, Ghanem. And that will help bring some more money into our economy. I'm just saying, all three could do it. Those are my three wishes. Before we sign off, Manny, any closing thoughts?
1: Um, you know, i just gonna keep. I always just keep reiterating the same things, um, just because it's true. Um, to everyone who's listening, um, and to everyone who will listen. Uh, all the changes that we want, all the things that we want to happen, uh, they all start with you. Um, if we keep trying to rely on others, we will remain in the same positions that we are and that we have been. Um, so there's no one better to rely on than you. And I think when people start realizing that, and not only realizing it, but actually applying it to these issues that we're talking about, only then will we start to see real changes. So I just tell everyone um, to believe in yourself. Believe in the power that you have. Uh Believe that you alone... Um, and you're not alone because CJ's here, I'm here, and so many others. But you alone can make such a difference. Uh, and you will make such a difference. That's, that's the biggest thing, is that you will. There's no question about it.
2: Manny, you know, I don't even know where to start with you because you are truly an amazing, unique individual. You know, such a kind-hearted soul. Folks, we need to stand by this this young man. We need to support him even when, and especially when, he's not in the room. I'm a firm believer the future of the nation is in our children, right? And he is a young leader. Pay attention. Listen to what he's saying. Nobody's perfect, least of all me. I never said that. But we have to get together and demand these things. And you know what? I know we could do it. If we could not do that, we would not be able to be out and about as we are right now. Think about that. Think about how far we've come. That doesn't mean we're done. It just means we need to continue our journey and we have to stay focused on our path. Again, we need our white allies, man. Don't think you're not important. Just because you're not leading it doesn't mean you're not part of it. It just meant that you accepted your privilege to recognize why our representation matters. Don't just come to us when you want something Or you need us to show up. No, 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 no. Give us the support and the access. Protect us. All right? Jump in there when you see the gatekeeping and the gaslighting happening. You could make that change. You could do that. All right? And guess what? When it's one of yours who's doing it, that's when we need you even more. I shared with you already my experience of the gatekeeping and the gaslighting by someone who is using their gender identity as a shield. And they're white. Now, if I address them, I get criminalized. Look at what Manny was just saying. All the great ideas he has, but he still had to leave room, sadly, for disappointment. Did you not see that? Did you not hear that? I'm sitting here listening to this young man talk about running for office, but I will do this. But let's help Manny not see those butts no more. Let's see. Let's help Manny see the possibilities. Let's make sure that we protect him. Let's make sure that we support him and those like him, all of them. This is our future, guys. We have to make sure that we pave the way for them so they could do not just what we need to get done, but the stuff they wanna see happen. They're here too, and their voices matter. Well, as always, I always appreciate your continued support. Continue to like, share, and subscribe. Your solidarity is really, really important to us. Manny's going to be back again. He's a frequent talker up here. You know, he's always going to be up here because he's part of the Sound of Black and Brown. And he wants you to know that representation matters. And we want him to know that he matters. And we love him. And we appreciate him and all like him. And we're going to continue to support him as he ventures forward because we're going to turn those butts into say yes. Well, that's all for now. Fist up, smile on CJ.